Hello guys, welcome back. We are going to be talking about love languages today. We did a training this month. If you're listening to this uh, or watching this, we did a training in August about love languages in our Facebook group that we have a membership called The Next Chapter, where Leah and, Marie and I talk about all the things um, in getting you back on your healing journey uh, after your divorce. And in this lesson, I talk about how this is probably one of the most important lessons of all lessons. I have a lot of people always ask me, you know, how'd you get your kids so confident? How'd you get your kids to speak their truth and all these things? And it really stems from this training. And I learned a lot about it probably about eight years ago. Um, if not 10, I read the books, but I was reading the books for my own relationship like issues. I didn't yeah. realize love languages could be talked about in children. Yeah, so I know a lot either. of people, I know a lot of people have probably heard about these love languages by Gary Chapman. I mean, it's a book, it's a best-selling book for many years. Um, and it is about how to connect with people. And all I really thought was like, you know, I need to be a certain way for my partner to love me, or I need to give this for my partner to love me. And I had zero connection that I could be doing this with my children. So what do you know about love languages? What, what, what did you hear? Or when did you start finding out about this? I mean, I think it's been a few years that I had learned it regarding in like intimate relationships. Right, right. And that's been really helpful with relationships. But I until really I met you and I heard you talking about it, I didn't even think to apply it to my relationship with my kid. I, I don't right. know why, but I just uh, I just thought it was more of like, yeah, you and your spouse need to like talk about these things. Right. But it's definitely eye opening. I mean, I now it's become this new little like filter, like this new lens that I kind of view my kid through to try to understand right. her better and interact differently. Right. I, uh, and if you guys don't know, Leah Marie has uh, a daughter who's away right now. If you're listening to this, she's away right now, getting ready to come home. She's been with her dad all summer. Um, and I have four kids, two older and two younger. So last night, same thing after giving that training yesterday, you know, my little kids were like, mom, come play with me. And instantly I was going to say I'm busy. But then I was like, oh, no, 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 you're not. You're and then I stopped what I was doing and went over and played with my kids. So it was a good reminder for even me who gives the training on how to do this, um, that I, I still fail sometimes and not really seeing what it's about, you know, and then last night, my older daughter, 17 was like, hey, can you do this for me? And I was like, yes, yes, I will. Because here she is saying, hey, I need an act of service done. Will you do this? I need you to show me that you love me, you know? And so I want to talk about first though, like, love languages with adults. Cause I think yesterday when we were doing the training, we tapped into a little bit about why our marriages probably failed. And it has a lot to do with love languages. And, and you just did a TikTok yesterday about, and it's it streamlined with this of not people that don't take accountability I, or you did it today. Mm, I can't yeah. That was one I posted today. Yeah. That yeah. was like the, the number one uh, predictor of divorce based on this article I read was that what, people yeah. just, like basically holding themselves accountable for their actions or their flaws. Right. And I think one of the lack of actions is recognizing how to service their partner in love. You know, so when we go through these, um, we're going to go through them on the basis of how to connect with your child. But I also want you to maybe go back and watch this again and connect it with maybe why your marriage failed. And you're going to have maybe a light bulb moment where you go, oh, shit. I was doing all this and, and didn't get anything back. I was projecting and throwing this type of love language out and nothing was coming back. Or I was wanting this type of love and my partner just 
wasn't coming to me on this avenue at all. Wasn't even trying to see this is what I needed to connect. Um, and I think the biggest one is the physical touch. I think a lot of, um, you know, relationships, one partner really wants that physical touch. And, you know, me personally, I'm not going to have any type of sex with you unless I get my love, love tank filled. And my love tank would be acts of service or words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. And um, sometimes it's not even sex. Like I remember yeah. my husband now was telling me that he had dated someone who just hated being touched. And that was yeah. just like not going to work for him. Like he's a hand holder. He's a, right. like, if you're sitting on the Aww. couch, he, he wants to just like put his hand on your leg kind of rub thing. your leg. So yeah. Like mm -hmm. to have someone who's like, no, I don't like to be touched. It's like, that's, that's not going to work. For well, me. and I think for me, like, as soon as you said that my mind went to when my kids were climbing all over me, the last thing I wanted to do, like when the kids were really small, the little two I have now, five and three, five and four, almost when, you know, they're hanging all over me as babies and toddlers. And then Jer comes home and is like, Hey, and rubbing up. I'm like, dude, I've been touched for fucking eight hours. Can you just, I need some fucking space. Mm -hmm. Well, what he heard was, fuck, I'm never going to have sex with this woman because she doesn't want to be touched, you know? So then he would stop. And then I'd be like, well, you never hold my hand. <laughs> He's like, what are we, what are we doing here? Because you tell me don't touch you, but then you're like, then you complain when we get to the bedroom, I didn't like rub your shoulder. And, and I'm just like, I was a hot mess during that time because physical touch was his thing, but I was being physically touched overly by the children. And so it was a hot mess there for a while. And we weren't talking enough and communicating about our love language needs and yeah. changes. And that's and the stuff. thing. Like that's half the battle. Yeah. You know, first thing is, okay, what is your love language? Like, do you even know yourself enough to, to understand that? But then number two, you got to talk about that shit. You right. have to be able to like openly communicate because like we were talking about yesterday, it also changes. Like you yeah. might have a love language and that that's kind of the priority. And then that dominant one shifts to something else. And if you're not letting your partner know, I mean, like they, they can't read your mind. They're think you're going crazy. Right. Right. So when it comes to, you know, let's just switch gears and go into kids real quick and, and just do this training. So when it comes to kids, you know, at, at an early age, love languages can start, you know, the example I have, you know, with, with her, we're talking about physical touch to begin with is, you know, Brutus upstairs, three years old. I mean, this kid, I think when I said, Hey, I'm going downstairs to go to work. He hugged me like four times. I'd get to the door. He, mom, I need a kiss. And I'd have to go back. Mom, I need a hug. I need to go back. Mom, I want to give you a kiss now. And then I had to go back. Like physical touch is his love language. So, I mean, he's only three and I can pick up on that. I picked up on that when he was like one, because he always wanted to be on me, touching me, snuggling me. Last night he was in our bed about four o'clock. He come in, mom, I need you. You know, he just, he needs to be with someone, you know? And if I were to tell him, no, you know, Hey, I'm busy. No, you've already given me enough kisses in his mind. That's a love connection of, Oh shit. I, my mom, you know, whatever reason doesn't want to give me a hug or kiss and he's going to feel left. His love tank's going to be empty, you know? So you have to pick up on if physical touches, your child's love language and how they want to receive love. You have to serve that to connect with your child. If you want to connect with your child on a deep level, you have to give that. So if you are not a hugger and you're not a snuggler and you're like, a, Oh, I've been touched too much today. And you have a child that is that way. We're not going to be connecting, you know, and take this on a deeper level and ask yourself, what is your significant, your ex? Like, what is your, is your ex hugging and snuggling on your kids? Or is your ex like, eh, I don't do hugs. You know, I don't snuggle. You're not sleeping with me. You're not laying on the couch with me. I'm not kissing on you a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. And so that might be one of the reasons in this love language, why there's a disconnect between your ex and your children, if they're not serving that love tank. 
Um, so physical touch, again, it could be all different things. And as your kids get older, you know, my daughter will say, Hey, can you rub my back? Can you brush my hair? You know, Hey, can you, can you rub my feet? Whatever it is. Cause she's an athlete. If she's asking for me to touch her, she's saying, Hey, I need my love tank filled. I want to connect with you. You know, when she comes in out of the house, she's hugging on us. You know, I love you. Bye. Um, and really getting that, that feel when we haven't seen each other for a long time, we hug for like 30 seconds and just get on the same breathing pattern and really just connect again. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's crazy how different kids have different ones, right? Like you can raise the same children in the same house and then like they can all have different love languages. Yeah, absolutely. Words of affirmation is the next one. And this one is dear and near to my heart. I am one. I'm like a Labrador. I will go get the treat as long as the toy and bring it back to you. As long as you tell me, good boy, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, I want that praise personally. I want to be told. And I think that's why I'm great at this type of job because I can help people and instantly they say, thank you so much. You've helped me. And I'm like, Ooh, I feel good about myself. And so words of affirmation with your children, you know, if you have a child that is acting out and being an asshole and being a disturbance in your, in your home and hitting brothers and sisters and throwing shit across the room, they're probably wanting words of affirmation of see me. I'm going to be an asshole till you see me and you tell me something good. So finding that moment of telling them, Hey, thank you for playing nicely. Hey, thank you for pushing in that chair. Thank you for turning off that light and giving those words of affirmation of, I see you, I see you doing well. Um, I have another child Walker was like this when he was young, he was an asshole and did everything wrong. And he was seeking attention Mm -hmm. and he wanted me to say, you're doing a good job. What I didn't know was he was getting the complete opposite treatment at his dad's house and being completely neglected at that home and not talked to and not engaged with. So at my house, he was hungry for that interaction of look at me, look at me. You know, he was a gymnast. I had to say, Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Tumblr. You're amazing. Cheerleader. You're amazing at doing makeup. When I would praise that child, he, I mean, his love tank was just so full. I mean, and that's what's unreal. tough is like most kids, uh, you know, they're not self-aware to even understand what their own love language is. So it's kind of our job as parents to yeah. understand the love languages and then try to figure out but based on the way our kids are acting or how they're showing up or what they're doing. Oh, okay. This is what, this is what this means. This is what yeah. it means. Absolutely. Quality time is the other one with your kids. You know, I have little kids. So my kids are like, Hey mom, play with me. Boom. That's them saying, I want to connect with you. Come watch me, come play with me, come sit with me, do the thing. And this one gets harder as your kids get older, because you don't have that alone time with your kids because they're so active and so busy. We talked about yesterday, you know, I love the, the driving that I have to do for volleyball with Josie. And now that that's over, I'm a little sad because I got three or four hours in the car with her and it was an amazing quality time and bond the whole time at the hotels late at night, we would bond. So finding that quality time with your kid going into the room, sitting on their bed for 10 minutes, having say, Hey, let's play chess for 10 minutes. Hey, let's do this game. Hey, let's go for a walk. Something where you have alone time with each one of your children. Um, and individually. So if you have multiple children, 10 minutes a day, if you can, just to connect with them, my daughter comes into our bedroom a lot and sits on the bed and talks to us. That's her saying, Hey, I want to talk to you. I want quality time with you. We turn everything off. We sit up in bed. We're like zoned in, like, absolutely. You have our attention because if she's coming to our room, she's saying, Hey, I need you. I want to, I want to talk with you. So quality time is easier when the kids are younger, but you got to be disciplined, put that phone down and really connect with those kiddos. If you have a child that's really eager to want to play, play, play with you all the time. Um, acts of service is number four. 
And this again is one that fills my tank. If someone does stuff for me, I'm like, you don't have to, I didn't ask you, but man, I do fucking appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Um, acts of service for your kids. It could be stuff from, you know, surprising them with doing something for them around the house while they're gone at the other parent's house, redoing the room, cleaning up the room, making their bed, getting all their laundry fresh, freshly washed, organizing their toys, you know, doing some little thing for them that they notice Oh my gosh, you did that for me. I didn't even ask you. That's so cool. I appreciate you. This one gets easier when your kids get older to do little things for them. Again, my daughter loves when I wash her uniforms and have all of them cleanly, like drying on the rack in the room next to hers. And she gets all excited that that's one thing she doesn't have to do now. She gets mm -hmm. to just come home and enjoy. So finding those little things to do for your kids um, is a big one. The last one is gift giving. And I know some of you are in a boat where you don't have a lot of financial you know, money to be spending on gifts, but this doesn't have to be big stuff. But if you have a child that makes you gifts, you know, drawing those pictures, bringing stuff home that they've done, created, and they're so excited to be like, look what I created for you. That's them showing you love. They've made you something, you know? And if you just walk over and toss it in the garbage, they're like, oh, my love is being thrown away. So finding those connective pieces for your kids when they're gift giving kids, they love the, you know, the pop from the grocery store, or the gas station, they love a sucker from the bank. They, you know, get jewelry delivered to them, whatever you can afford or do big or small. If you have a child that is materialistic, I have one Walker has become a gift giving child that he loves the gift giving, um, you know, for his birthday, he's like, are you taking me shopping? Yes. And he's going to feel so loved after I take him shopping versus if I say I love you, he's like, cool, mom, love you too. Let's go shopping. You know, like you just have to understand that some of your children are like this. But as we mentioned at the beginning, you have to think about how you are filling your kids love tank with one of these five, if not two or three of these five. But then also think about why your kid comes home grouchy, stubborn, acting out after they've been with their other parent. Mm -hmm. It's probably because this other parent is not hitting the mark on the love language of your child. They're either treating all of your children the same and equally you get a hug, you get a hug, you get a hug, you get a pop, you get a pop, you get, and everybody's treated equal because heaven forbid I treat one kid special or different, or they're not doing any of these. They're not touching any of them whatsoever. I mean, does your ex even know about love languages? Mm -hmm. And this could be why your kid comes home completely distraught and it's going to be your job to fill that tank back up. Yeah. And eventually, and I like how you were saying kind of like there's a mom tank and a dad tank too. Because oh, yes. I feel like mm -hmm. that's what was happening to me is my daughter goes with her dad and yes. um, it's kind of sporadic because he lives six hours away, but she'll spend some time. And then she's always kind of bummed to come home because she doesn't know when she's going to see him again. And so I was thinking after talking to me about love languages and things like that, okay, maybe he's like filling some kind of you know, doing, he's doing some kind of love language that then she comes home and I'm not doing. And that's why she's feeling like kind of bummed because she's missing out on that. And then you were kind of explaining like, well, it might be like, she's just getting the, the, the dad tank filled when she's there. And then when she comes home, she knows that she's not going to have that, you know, that dad tank's going to run empty and it's going to, it's going to bum her out. And so, yeah, I mean, there's so much to it. Yeah. And there is. And I, and I think like you said, at the very beginning, kids don't even know about these love languages. They're just intuitively asking for their love language because that's what their body needs. So I think you can dumb this down at a bunch of age levels and, and talk to them, give them, hey, do you like this or like this? Would you rather me play with you or would you rather have a gift? They're going to tell you, I want you to play with me. 
Okay, perfect. You know, and you can start to figure it out. There's quizzes online. You know, all you have to do is type in love languages for children and you can take small little quizzes about what you know about your children. But really, you probably already know the answer. Now, how you get the other house to do it? I mean, some of you, that's a lost cause. You could mention it. You could send a link. You could say, hey, I found that this is the way to connect with our child. But like Leah was saying, sometimes what they get out of the other parent might not be what they get out of you. You know, they might not need the same things uh, from the same parent. They're, they're going to dad for a certain love tank fill and they're going to mom for a certain love tank fill. And that's okay. And you need to be okay with that. Each kid is going to need something different from different parents, but understanding this and it's going to change as your kids get older, you know, acts of service. My daughter was never into that. She was doing acts of service for me all the time. Well, now that she's busy, now she needs acts of service for me to know that, Hey, mom's thinking about me. She's so busy, but she stopped her day. And she thought about me like, Oh, my daughter always says, Oh, that was so sweet. You know? And so that makes me happy that, cause again, she just gave me words of affirmation. She thanked me. So then I'm ecstatic. You know, so we talk about this a lot in our household. And now that both of my older children are getting into their relationships with people where I'm teaching them, is your partner serving your love language? Are they filling your love tank? Do you know how to fill your own love tank? And is your partner filling their own love tank? Are they able to do one of these acts of service on their own love language on their own to make themselves feel happy? So they have enough energy to make you happy you know, and help you fill your tank on your own, as well as fill the relationship love tank together. So this is, this is a multitude, you know, kind of training. And there's a lot more than what we just gave you. But if you want to know more, we did a really thorough training inside the next chapter. And that's a membership that Leah Marie and I run um, on Facebook. You want to talk about that a little bit that people can, can join that? Yeah. So it's a private group and you get yes. exclusive trainings every single Monday. We, we spend a whole hour teaching uh, different topics that touch your life. And what's cool is when you're a member of the group, you, your voice is heard, like you get to vote. Okay. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what right. I have questions about. This is what I need the most help with. And then we do the research. We do the reading with we prep, we put stuff together and we do a whole training. We've also just started to invite some other guests to come in. If you have questions on things that aren't necessarily our wheelhouse, we want to make sure you're getting the right resources and information. Right. So we're recruiting, we're, we're, mm -hmm. we're assembling our vendors and we're getting people in to teach you whatever you need to know. Um, and you are getting, um, so once we do the training, that training's up all month too, when you're in there. So even if you can't join us live, Right. You need to go back and watch that training over and over the whole month um, until the following month where we start pushing new trainings out. So it, it's been awesome. Right. So you guys, we're going to wrap this up with just saying, you know, do your research. You can type into Pinterest love languages for children and get tons of ideas under each category. So, I mean, that's free. Go in there, do your research, look at each child, make a list. Okay. Child one is this type of child. Child two is this type of child. And under those, give yourself ideas. Okay. When I'm, when I'm struggling to connect with them, these are the things. And I'm telling you right now to wrap this up. If you can connect with your child and their love language and keep up with it as it changes and evolves as they grow up, you're going to have an unbreakable bond with your child because you are servicing them with love and the way that they want to receive it. And I'm going to say that again. If you can connect with your child on their love language, you are servicing the love that they need and how they want to receive it. Some of you are forcing a hug on your kid and they're not a physical touch kid. And you think I'm hugging them. They must know I love them. That's not how they want to receive love. They maybe want to play on the floor with you for 15 minutes and they would have felt ecstatic and felt completely loved by you. 
So make sure you're hitting the mark, not on how you want to give love, but how does your child receive love? How do they want to receive it? So take the time to go back and watch this. And again, like I, like I said at the beginning, watch this again for each child and listen differently for each child, keeping that child in perspective, but then go back and think about your marriage. What went wrong? What were you not doing? What was not being served? What was not being heard? And you're probably going to do some healing with that and figure out where you're going to stand on your next relationship and how to communicate better with that new partner on, Hey, this is how I receive love. Are you willing to give that type of love to me? All right. Until next time, you guys, please enjoy the rest of the episodes that we have available.